Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everybody and welcome back, welcome back to another week, welcome back to another episode, welcome back, if I didn't laugh I would cry, how are you guys all doing, what's been going on, how's been your week, what's the 411, do you know what I mean, <laughs> I've been doing good, um, uh, tell a lie, I haven't been doing so good in terms of mood. My general health is fine. My mood, it's that time. It's that time where anyone can feel the wrath of Tawonga, you know what I mean? Oh, it gets to me so much. It gets to me so much. You know, I asked Olivia, I was like, was mummy just awful yesterday? She was like, no, you are not awful, mummy. You know, it doesn't help that, you know, people aren't doing what it is that you ask them to do. It doesn't help. But you weren't awful. You know, I did think that maybe it was your moody time of the month. I did think that. <laughs> Listen, I part of me always thinks, why why was my mum so secretive about being a woman? Like, I know it's part of a culture, but there are cult there are there are some cultural beliefs or cultural practices that really does put a distance between people, you know? It's just part of being a woman. It's part of what I'm going to have to go through. Now, Olivia doesn't know any of it in depth. Yeah, she just knows that mummy has a moody time of the month and it happens at least once a month. And the rest, I say, baby, I'm going to tell you when you're ready for you to know. You know, you're, you're ready to know. But why should I leave her in the dark over something that is a part of me? over something that she may even have to go through don't you think this is gonna make it a bit easier for her you know what I mean when she's experiencing some changes some ups and downs she's probably gonna be like all right like I know this is normal because my mom experienced this like I'm not alone you know I'm not a monster because sometimes I feel like a monster <laughs> anyway again straight in there guys Tonga just gets straight into it but that's the only thing that's been a little bit like, oh, you know. Um, but otherwise, gen general health have been good. Um, what else has been going on in my life? Nothing really. Nothing really. The cutest thing happened today. And 
I don't, I'm not usually surprised and I don't usually feel like this because I don't know if I've ever said this before. I think I have that nothing really excites me. I can get excited internally, but not really externally. Like, and my excitement fills out, fizzles out so quickly. So today I was busy working. Then there's a knock at the door and I'm like, like, I'm not expecting anybody anyway. I try my best to tiptoe to the door. Apparently, I didn't do a very good job. And I look through the people. And Dalu's standing there. He's not meant to be here today. I didn't know. We didn't have any plans. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, what's he doing here? You know, I open the door. And he's holding up two bouquets of flowers. Do they say bouquet, bouquet, whatever? Yeah, he's holding those up. And I, I was genuinely like, what? So that put me in a really good mood. Yeah, really good mood. <laughs> so I thought I'd share that cuteness, you know. Listen, I I don't have a romantic guy by trade, so this is this is really very very nice. Yeah, besides that, it's just been work. Nothing really much has been going on, and again, it's just me. So let's get into it. <laughs> Anyway, I don't have anything to get off my chest besides my PMDD situation and diagnosed. <laughs> I don't need a diagnosis to know that. I've just got it bad. I don't need it. You know, I thought you needed diagnosis, a diagnosis in order to deal with something, but there's nothing that a doctor could tell me. I knew it was not going to be I was, it's not gonna, oh, how can I put it? I knew it would not be an easy road to get a diagnosis anyway when I called the doctor and the doctor was like, what's that? <laughs> what's that? Why don't you take some antidepressants? Like, come on. So I've talked about it so many times, so I don't need to go over it. But yeah, so don't need a diagnosis to know that I'm tapped. I'm tapped. <laughs> it's not right. It's not, it's not good. You know, it's right because it's part of me and it's just a normal part of being a female. But it's not right because, mate, I feel like it can destroy people. It can destroy relationships. I just feel that way. Anyway, so nothing to get off my chest. And for the life of me, I try my best to think of an embarrassing if I didn't laugh at cry story. And I can't think of any. I can't think of any. So I'm just going to go straight into this week's question. This is again from the atheist community. And it said... My friend blames his addictions on literal demons. A friend of mine is a recovering alcoholic. He got out of treatment a few weeks ago and has been doing good overall. He confided in me today. He's been craving, he's been having cravings and thinking about drinking a lot. I explained to him that it's normal. I went through similar things when I quit smoking. I explained to him how important it is to have somebody to keep you accountable, somebody to call somebody to call to keep you in check when the cravings get too strong. He responded that he believes his addictions and cravings are caused by attacks by literal demons. And his solution is to try and pray them away and have his mother, who runs a cult, by the way, perform an exorcism or spiritual cleansing on him. She's been poisoning his mind with this demon nonsense for years. And it obviously never works because it tends to go back to his vices not long after. He only went to rehab this time because his dad finally intervened. 
This is the longest he's gone without drinking in years. He still thinks that this time, he still thinks that this time praying his literal demons away will keep the cravings away. And I just don't know how to help him. Now, I think that there is two parts to this. There is the friend aspect, then there is the mother aspect. It seems like such a small little drop in the story because, you know, she's only mentioned once, like she's part of a quote, a quote, <laughs> she's part of a cult. And, you know, it's only after his dad has intervened that he sought help, which means that his mum didn't offer that. I can imagine, or I'm assuming based on the story only. So let me not, let me not tell lies against somebody I don't know, but that's what I'm just assuming from this, right? So let's start with that aspect of it. I think it's a little bit, us Christians need to recognize that. And I think I've said this before, that people are gifted in different areas. You know what I mean? There are people who are gifted in medicine. You know, they understand the human biology. They understand all of these things and they can learn it easier, right? And then there's people like me, shambles. You know what I mean? Ask me where the aorta is. Couldn't tell you. Ask me where the pancreas is located. Is there even a pancreas in the body? Now, listen, I'm now doubting myself because I'm thinking of the train station. Okay? Is there such a thing in the body? I think there is. But I learned this in school, but I didn't at the same time because it's it's of no interest to me to know it the way somebody else who's interested in medicine and the human anatomy, etc., may be interested in it. So that's their portion, you get me. And then some people are gifted at art or the arts, let me say, you know, and that's their portion. And other people are useless at even drawing, let's say, an eye, yeah? And then some people are gifted at this and that. Therefore, some people are gifted at, counseling people and helping people with their addictions and their fears and phobias etc etc us christians need to acknowledge that these people are in those places to help us or to 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 at least push us closer to where we need to be right because we know that our main source of help comes from the lord however there are these people in our lives that help us out of these tough situations as well, right? It's good that we recognize that God is above everything and above everyone and is our help in times of need. But we should also acknowledge that there are earthly people who've been anointed, so to speak, by God to help other human beings, right? And we know this because the Bible tells us so, right? That we've all been given spiritual gifts, If your gift is to counsel, counsel. If your gift is to prophesy, prophesy. So if your gift is to help people with addiction, your gift is to help people with addiction. You know what I mean? Um, So that's one aspect of it. So the atheist friend is feeling sad for his believer friend because his believer friend believes that he is basically under attack by literal demons Hence why he can't curb his addiction and why he keeps having these cravings. Now, it may seem strange, right? 
because a non-believer is a non-believer. You don't believe God exists. Therefore, you don't believe the devil exists, right? Therefore, anything attached to God and anything attached to the devil won't make sense and won't, um, won't be real. So to you, your friend is foolish because I've been through it, as, as you said. You've gone through it, you know, so we're smoking, so you understand the feelings of craving something. But the Bible says this, and I'm going to read from Galatians 5, from verse 16 all the way to verse 26. It says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Right, I'll go into depth on what that means a different day, but for the purpose of today, let's continue. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissension, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries. And the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in past time, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the flesh, let us also walk in... If we live in this... Sorry... If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Now, to simply put it, the spirit is that which follows Christ in the context of this. And the flesh is that which follows the world. Yeah. So let's discern the two meanings for what the text is saying. So it's saying, right, your flesh desires the world and your spirit desires that the the spirit that desires um righteous things and godly things and the your flesh that desires worldly things are in a battle constant battle against one another right now my flesh my earthly body and desires right my earthly mind and desires because you can't have your flesh. My body can't do anything without my mind thinking it. You get me? So the text is not saying you think righteous things and therefore your body won't do unrighteous things. If that makes sense, it's basically saying if you put yourself, you position yourself in righteousness, in godliness, what you're going to yield from that is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you position yourself, your mind, in the things of the world, what you're going to yield from that is the lusts of, this, of the flesh, right? So the difference between these things is doing good, um, which is the, spirit, um, the fruits of the Spirit, which is love. Love is good. Joy is good. Peace is good. Long-suffering is good because that's you know, patience and all that. Kindness, that's good. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let's underline that, circle that. Now let's go to what you 
yield what you harvest, yeah, when you follow the flesh. Adultery, that's not good. Fornication, that's also not good. Uncleanliness, not good. Lewdness, not good. Idolatry, not good. Sorcery, not good. Wicked, hatred. Last time I checked, to hate people is not, it's not good. Contentions, come on, come on. Jealousies, come on. Outbursts of wrath, me, when I'm coming on. You know what I mean? It's not good. That's why I feel awful, you know? Though there's a part of me that feels like I can't control this. But at the end of the day as well, if it's something that really um, overshadows me and overtakes me, it's something that I can definitely give to God because it's not good. Um, So let's not front. Selfish ambitions, not good. Dissensions, heresies, envy, murders. To kill somebody is not good. Drunkenness. There we go. So if the person in this story is struggling with being an alcoholic, that's that drunkenness. That's not good. And being an alcoholic, last time I checked, isn't good. So now are we to say that your friend is wrong? No, your friend is not wrong. Because anything that's not good doesn't come from God. Because our God is God full of goodness. We know this because the fruits of the Holy Spirit, who is God, is everything good. And the fruits of following your lustful, your fleshly lusts, your worldly desires is bad, right? Think, everything that I've listed in the bad category that's listed in this particular um, book, right? Tell me one thing that you can do from this list that equates good, that equals goodness. Idolatry, I don't think it equals goodness, but then, you know, some people don't believe that they're worshipping idols, but last time I checked, if you're worshipping a a dead god who who is carved out of some material or, or another right, then what are you getting from that, okay, and in the eyes of the living God, that is a sin, that's not good, because, yeah, I think I explained it, I explained it, and I went into it last week, hatred, what can we get from hatred, that's good, selfish ambitions, what can we get from selfish ambitions, that that's good, you know, the answer is nothing, so, Your friend saying he's under spiritual attack from literal demons, it's not madness. It's the truth, okay? There's a story in the Bible of a king called King Saul. Now, King Saul was the first king of um, Israel. You know, for a long time, God, Jesus, was the king over Israel because he was the one who was ruling over them. But the Israelites cried out for a physical king, as in like a physical earthly human king, right? They, they weren't satisfied with a, with a godly king, yeah? They weren't satisfied with a king of kings and lord of lords. They wanted a specific human king because other nations, that's what they had. So, you know, the king gets appointed by God himself, and this king was a godly king to begin with. But... Over time, this king stopped consulting, you know, God and for um, 
seeking to do God's will and decided to do his own will. And God was mad at this, especially when he made this uh, sacrifice that God did not really say that wasn't good, basically, right? Go and read the story. However, now God confronts this, um, tells Samuel, I'm not happy with this, rare, 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 and then tells to go, um, tells King Saul, so to speak, that I, I'm going to remove myself from you because you are not. You are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You basically aren't who you were meant to be for Israel. So God removes his spirit from um, from Saul, right? Not to be confused with Saul who turned to Paul, okay? This is King Saul. Um, so God removes his spirit from King Saul, but, you know, he's still king. He's still reigning over Israel because... You know, the new king that was appointed wasn't yet of the age to take over the kingdom. And that was King David. Now, the story continues that they would go to battle. And one day they were coming from battle and the children, the, the ladies of Israel started singing, you know, King Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. Now, the spirit inside Saul, he started growing bitter and bitter and bitter still toward David. He grew such a hatred for David that he wanted to kill David. You understand? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He hated him so much that he sought to kill him. Now, if God has removed his spirit from somebody... That means this person, demons will look at them and their house is desolate. Okay? Which means demons can easily influence that person because they don't have the anointing. They don't have the protection of God. Does that make sense? I hope we're following. So time goes on. He's hunting. He's seeking to kill David. Right. And his son, Jonathan, is like, well, like what, dad, why are you trying to kill David? And his and Saul, all he can say is like, I, I need to kill him. <laughs> I need to kill him off. I need to lock him off. Yeah. And the Bible goes on to say. The Bible goes on to say. That David, I'm sorry, Jonathan gives David a warning. My father seeks to kill you, you know, run away, go here, this place, this place. Um, I'm going to speak to my dad. And, you know, I'll, I'll speak very highly of you, et cetera, et cetera. And whatever my dad says, I'll tell you, you know. And King Saul swears, I will not kill him. 
as the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. That's what King Saul swore to his son, Jonathan. Then Jonathan went to get David and, you know, David comes back, right? And then this is, you can read this story in 1 Samuel. And then there was a war again and David went out and fought against the Philistines. You know, the Philistines, the same Philistines that had David and Goliath. You know the story, that story? This is the Philistines where David killed Goliath. So there's the war in his man there, yeah? David is a bit older now, but yeah. Went out and fought with the Philistines and stuck, and David struck them with a mighty blow and they fled from him. Now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand. And David was playing music. Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear. But he slipped away from Saul's presence and drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. Now, let's not get it twisted when it says now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand. Doesn't mean that God gave him the distressing spirit. But God had removed himself, had removed himself, he had removed his spirit from Saul. Right. So there was now a distressing spirit that was now on Saul. You know what I mean? I hope it's under your understanding what I'm saying. This is a little bit like how um, when Moses was like, when God was saying to Moses, um, I am sure that, you know, Pharaoh will not let you go. No, I will harden his heart. People think he's saying that God is going to intentionally harden his heart. No, 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 no. The idea that a God that Pharaoh did not know because the, the Egyptians worshipped the sun God. They didn't worship the living God. So the idea that a God is telling him, giving him orders, that's not his own gods, right? Is saying, let my people go. That will cause him to harden his heart, right? And we know this because the Bible says that when Moses finally went and said, let my people go, that says the Lord. Um, Pharaoh said, I do not know this God of yours. Nor will I let Israel go. So this is like that. We know in context, the Bible says God removed his spirit from Saul and now the distressing spirit of the, um, the distressing spirit from the Lord. It's like now in place of God's spirit, in place of the spirit that yields good fruit was now a bitter spirit, an evil spirit had entered, right? And now his hatred grew so strong that he sought to destroy David. Now, Contextually as well, you know, a little history. David used to play in the house of Saul. He was a basically the chief musician there. So that's where most of the Psalms of David comes from, was from this time and when he was a shepherd boy. Um, so anyway, he's busy playing something that used to give Saul comfort before, right? Used to make him feel good before, but instead of feeling the way he was feeling before, now he wants to pin him against the wall with the spear, fam. And then fast forward, he does the same thing with his son where he chucked a spear at his own kid and his kid's like, ah, dad, really? <laughs> Wild. So anyway, now this is a prime example of what happens when God removes his spirit from somebody. When we deny the light that is given to us, when it comes to making a choice between right and wrong, when we make a choice to do wrong, you are inviting evil spirits to enter. 
Notice. Notice in Matthew 12, verse 43 to 45, it says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So it shall be with this wicked generation. I read this especially because in the in the message um, about this friend, etc., it's this is the first time he's remained sober for a longer period of time. You know what I mean? This is the first time there's been intervention where he's actually sought help from professionals who deal with this, you know? And this is the first time that he's really coming to somebody and saying, yo, I'm I'm craving something. I, I'm not okay here, okay? Now, it sounds like my guy is trying to get his house in order. It sounds like my guy is tormented by these evil demons, and I'm going to use that, these spirits who are driving him to drink. However, the choice to drink was always his. Was always his choice to drink, and he made the choice to drink. And the more he drank, the less self-control he possessed. Now we know that self-control is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Okay? <laughs> so I hope it's all clicking and making sense. So the more he drank, the more he gave himself over to the evil spirit, to the other spirits where he doesn't have self-control. Now ask yourself this. If I don't have self-control, if I am not in control, who is? Ask yourself that. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, ask yourself that. If you are not in control because you are drunk and you're an alcoholic and you wake up every day wanting to drink and you succumb to those desires every single day because you can't control yourself... Who is in charge? Because it's clearly not you. Because the answer would be, I can't help it. Likewise with me, when I am feeling angry because it's my time of the month and I am struggling to keep my anger in check and I am blowing up or I see red or whatever, right? Who is in charge? Those are questions we really ought to ask ourselves and we ought to be honest with ourselves. Because if you're not in control, someone else is. Something else is. You've heard people say, oh, I don't know what happened. I just blacked out and then I hit him. If you blacked out and you don't know what happened, who hit the person? You know, by our naked eyes, it's the person, the individual, because they're the ones who made the choice to do it. By spiritual eyes, but it's spiritual warfare. There are only two camps, good and evil. We don't read an in-between. You can be a little bit hateful, but, you know, a lot good. There is no in-between. It's either you're good or you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, reading this, if an unclean spirit, if I get sober, 
if that was my thing that had me in a chokehold, I get sober. That thing that was inside me controlling me, that made me lack self-control is now out of me. It's gone to other places, to dry places, seeking rest, yeah? And doesn't find rest because it needs a host. It needs somebody to tempt. It needs somebody to be controlling, you know what I mean? It needs a body. It needs flesh, yeah? So the spirit goes, well, I just go back where I came from and see where I go on, you know? And then it comes back and sees the house empty because you're not guarding your house. How do you guard your home? The word of God. You guard it with the word of God. You guard it through prayer. You guard it through studying the word of God by putting good inside you right? And you put good inside you by learning more about God, learning more about the love of Jesus, learning more about you are not condemned in your sin because Christ died for your sins by learning more about how to keep your house in order by learning more about the fruits of the Holy Spirit and living such a life, right? But if it comes and finds the house empty, the person is sober but is doing nothing to maintain that by guarding themselves with the very word of God, the best armor you can guard yourself with, right? Then it finds it empty, clean, made up. It's good. It's ready for visitors, this house. Then this spirit now goes and gets seven more spirits. It's just an analogy of more things, more lack of self-control will come in now, right? More wicked than him. Now, people who go through recovery, right, when they relapse, how does that look like? Now, I can only speak from experiences over things that have controlled me and have had a hold over my life in the past, right? When you say, I'm not going to do this thing anymore, right, and then you relapse and you start doing that very thing again, it's a... YOLO moment, you know what I mean? It's like you do more. Instead of just drinking, you do more than that. You know what I mean? You start to experiment with more than that. That just doesn't satisfy anymore. You want to do even more. You get me? Now, somebody might be like, nah, that's not my experience. Good for you if that's not your experience, but it's my experience. If you have gotten rid of something and it comes back and you fall back into the same pattern, it does come back with a vengeance and it comes tenfold because other things, you're making room for other things now. That's what this is saying. And that's what was happening with King Saul. King Saul was like, as I live, as God lives, I will not kill my man. My man will not die. But every single time he swore that way, his hatred, his hatred would manifest even more right? To the point where he wants to kill his own son. What? (laughs) So the friend is not mad for saying that there are literal demons, right? Yes, we need to take accountability for our actions and our choices. But mark my words, and because it's not even my words, actually, listen to the Bible. The Bible says, yeah, grieving the Holy Spirit is basically rejecting the, the attempts and the prompts of the Holy Spirit so much so that you stray further and further away into darkness, that you get to the point where God removes his spirit from you, turns his face against you. That's where you're so far gone. 
that's where um you know if i could quote revelation that babylon has become a dwelling place for unclean spirits and a dwelling place for demons okay that can be you as an individual as well you can stray so far away from god that you your flesh your your spirit your body is now under siege is under the control of the evil and it's become a dwelling place of demons. Every single thing that you think and everything that you do is contrary. It's contrary to what you should be doing in the name of Jesus. You know what I mean? So your friend is not mad. Your friend is not mad. You know, I feel sorry if your friend is um, misdirected um, because the mom belongs in a cult, you know, but I'll take that with a pinch of salt because, again, atheists, all atheists believe that all Christians are part of a cult. Why do I keep saying a quote? Ah, let's just call it a quote. (laughs) All atheists believe that Christians Christians are part of a cult, right? Which is not the case. Um, but your friend is hundred percent right. We do need to pray over ourselves. We do need to pray for evil spirits to flee from us. However, evil spirits cannot flee from the ones who do not fear God. Okay. If you do not fear God, you will present to somebody who is just a, um, a poser. Yeah. Somebody who is just on a front, putting up a front. And the thing is, The devil and his agents are all fallen angels. So they are highly intelligent beings, more intelligent than us. So if we think we can fool them, we should think again. The best protection we can give ourselves and put over ourselves is the protection of the Lord Jesus, of God, of the Holy Spirit. Without that, we are basically out there, man. We're lone sheep surrounded by wolves okay without god we are sheep lone sheep surrounded by wolves and there is no chance for us no chance for us because between a sheep and a wolf one is lesser in strength and in intelligence than the other (laughs) let's be real so if me, a human, was created a little bit lower than the angels and these angels are fallen beings whose strict desires is to deceive and to destroy, then I stand no chance without my shepherd. And the Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. You know what I mean? So let, let us ponder upon that. You know, this is questions that atheists are asking, but it's answers that we as Christians can also use to strengthen ourselves, to strengthen our faith, to gird ourselves with the Holy Spirit, to realize that these things do not just apply to those, um, you know, these thoughts of, oh, we can do it on our own. We can just trust in our own strength. You know, we sometimes think that, you know, so it's not madness because it's all spiritual warfare so let us be careful in the things that we think let us be because the things that we think become actions let us be careful in the lies that we listen to the deception that is the devil's deceptions let us be careful in what it is that we say we can do that i can curb that i can stop anytime i'm not addicted deep it deep it sin is sweet sin is very sweet but sin is sin And the wages of sin is death, okay? 
So let's not play around and undermine the idea that, you know, spiritual attacks are real and demon possession is real. Because if you are not in control, if you don't have self-control, what's controlling you? So let me leave it there, friends. Let me leave it there. Um, I hope anyone who is struggling can, you know, get help, get some support. There are people out there who, whose job and whose careers is to help people regarding this but also trust in the lord to deliver you you know trust the people that can pray for you and pray over you and i i have to repeat this only bible believing christians can really pray in a biblical way in a godly way right because those who do not uphold the word of god but claim to even though they don't, even though their beliefs are contrary to what God has actually said and the, the message we've been given in the Bible, those people can be detrimental to your deliverance and to your spiritual growth as well, okay? So let's not leave our houses empty, okay? Let's fill that house with the word of God. Let's surround that house with the Holy Spirit so that if the enemy comes back, right? If the unclean spirit comes back, it finds no room there, all right? Because even demons believe and they tremble. So it comes back and it trembles. It's afraid. It flees from you because you are covered by the blood of Jesus. So let me leave it there, friends. Um, I hope this has helped somebody out there. If you are really struggling, then reach out to somebody who can help. I'm always here. Yeah, to my silent audience, I'm always here. You can reach out to me as well. But on that note, let's leave us with a quote. If you are not in control, who is? Wah, wah, wah. I'm sorry the episode is over, but please tune in next week for another exciting journey. Goodbye, goodbye, bye, bye, bye. Have good vibes. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.